0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stories Between the Lines, a podcast hosted by Nandini and Poini. In this podcast, we curate books, chat with authors, and take you on a journey with travel writers. Sometimes, we will also do table talks with people from the food world. What could be better than talking about travel, food, and books, right? I am very excited to have Poini as my co host on this podcast. Poini, welcome, and I hope you're ready to start this journey with me.
1: Yes, Nandini, I'm good to go and very, very
0: excited to start. Awesome. So in this intro episode, I just wanted to let our audience know a little bit about us, who we are and how we came together and uh, what instigated us to start this podcast. So I'll go first. Hi everyone, I am Nandini Srinivasan. I author, curate and manage content for a technology products company as a day job. I currently live in New Jersey with three awesome men, my hubby and two sons, and a beautiful furry princess named Sherry. My best dress busters are, uh, I must say, cooking different cuisines, but my comfort food is to try and recreate some of the age-old recipes of my mother. Although it does not quite taste like her food, I say, I can safely say it is a close second. I love going on long walks and dabbling with um, quirky arts. I love folk arts and I, I'm always looking to upcycle artifacts around the house. These activities along with my family uh, kind of helped me save my sanity during the past year of COVID madness. Also love to travel. I think traveling to various places kind of opens your mind to the sights and sounds of a new place, but it also kind of makes you appreciate your home when you head back home. I was actually born in Delhi and grew up in Bangalore in India. For many, many years, I used to call Bangalore my home, long after I left Bangalore. Um, I left India about 26 years ago, and since then, I have lived in various cities throughout the U.S. and also had the privilege of uh, living in Geneva, Switzerland, for a few years. Uh, For the past 10 years, New Jersey has become my home. On to you, Poini.
1: Hello, I am Poini Mehta, a total Mumbai girl. Born and brought up in Mumbai, India. The place where I live in is a beautiful green zone surrounded by trees, flowery plants, and chirping birds. By profession, I'm a librarian and have worked for many years in a school. Now, I am a performance-based storyteller and have acted in a few plays for children with the Secret Passages Storytelling Circle, a storytelling community in Mumbai. I also write book reviews for an online literary portal, blogs, and articles on travel. I love to do that, writing in my own unique way. Therapy, for me, and my wandering soul is my love for photography. I get excited when I see nature's creatures, which is furry and feathered kind. I go crazy clicking photographs. Reading is a passion, cooking, baking, dips and chutneys. I am also a student of Indian vocal music where I am most at peace when I am singing or humming a tune. I love to walk with my daughter. I rescue injured birds in my vicinity. Whenever somebody finds an injured bird, they come to me from a kite, a parrot, a raven, crows, cuckoos,
0: I have rescued them all. It gives me a sense of happiness when I hold the birds in my hand. Oh, wow. Your interests in hobbies are so multifaceted and wide-ranging. Rescuing birds? That's very touching to know that you provide a safe haven for injured birds. That's truly remarkable, Poyne and I'm sure it's rewarding to you as well. Animals, I have a dog. She provides such unconditional love, affection, and comfort, especially this past year. She was our savior at home. Just hugging her makes all the stress and uh, the uncertainties of the pandemic just melt away, even if it's momentary. I used to hate coming home to, to an empty house from work. But since I've had Sherry for the past six years, coming home is such a joy. Uh, She just treats us like rock stars when we come home, jumping with happiness. You can just see it and feel it in her hugs. And there's
1: one dog, you know, recent past, I'm taking
0: care of her, my daughter and I. And
1: we have named her Shanti Luna. And she's a semi-roady, not uh, at home and not exactly on the streets. And we are taking care of her. And, you know, that gives me such a lot of joy just going every evening walking with her without fail during the pandemic. And now we have been walking her across the street.
0: How sweet. I'm sure Shanti Luna waits for you every day. I'm sure we can dedicate an entire episode on dogs and birds sometime soon. So I just wanted to talk the next a little bit about how we found each other. You know, you live in Mumbai. I live in New Jersey. We are oceans apart. And yet here we are co-hosting this podcast. So I just wanted to give a little bit of a background story on that. You know, generally... I love reading or listening to uh, good stories. A good story, even if it is a fiction, can take you on a beautiful journey. I really admire storytellers. You are a storyteller too. And writers, as they often have this incredible ability to create these awesome characters and put them into scenes and weave a story around them. I think uh, some ways uh, the idea of a novel is seeded from a writer's own experience that they spin off into a story. There are so many wonderful stories to be told and listened to, hence the reason for this podcast. Especially this past year, thanks to pandemic and lockdown, um, I've added a- another stress buster to the list that's listening to podcasting. And then podcasts have become my new best friend, my companion during this past year. You know, when I go on drives, go on long walks, I just listen. Feels like someone is keeping me company. You know, I've spent many hours listening to various types of podcasts about travel, food, culture, books, even your news podcast that gives you just the right amount of info on what's going on around you or the world today. You know, you name it, there's a podcast about it. And for the past few months, I've been pondering over the idea of starting my own podcast to talk about good stories or listen to people's stories about their real-life experiences, travel stories, food stories, and everything in between, basically. Then I thought it would be fun to have a co-host rather than do a monologue by myself. So my quest for finding a co-host started and ended with Pointy, I should say, (laughs) you know. Poini and I live on the opposite side of the world. She in Mumbai and I live in New Jersey. We've never known each other before, but we met through an online book club that we were both part of. I noticed that she was very active, always trying to cue the group with different prompts and uh, funneling enthusiasm. I immediately felt a connection to her. So I just reached out out of the blue and asked her, do you want to be my co-host? Uh, I'm hosting a podcast. And she was like, what? What do you mean podcast? I don't know anything about it. And then we set up a few Zoom calls. And I think she was bitten by the podcast bug as well. So here we are hosting a podcast from opposite ends of the world. Poini, please keep me honest. I hope I've relayed the How We Met story correctly.
1: Yes, yes, totally, Nandani. A hundred percent true.
0: So, you know, I've always been surrounded
1: by books since I was a child because we are a family of readers, my parents, and even now my husband and my daughter. So books have always been part of my life. And uh, recent times, I'm found in many storytelling, of course, and cooking and photography and my animals. So podcasts relatively new for me. Like, I do know about podcasting. It's not that I don't. But I've never been on it because uh, I'm more into reading. And my daughter loves listening to different podcasts. So she loves it. And so this was uncharted terrain for me. And when Nandini connected with me, I was like, "Um, uh, should I take it up? And I was not sure. But then I thought, come on, let's go for the challenge. Anyway, I'm a storyteller. I review books and I write also. This is a good way to connect, maybe you know. So that's the reason I just connected with uh, Nandani and I said, let's take the challenge of podcasting and let's see, you know, something really exciting, a new journey up our sleeve. We can just present it to everybody. So yeah, I am excited to
0: do this with you. That's exactly how I feel. You know, in my day job, I have to read and write about technology products that kind of can get a bit heavy duty at times and really gets into my brain space. So I tend to gravitate towards books that are easy on my eyes and ears and uh, mind. I have sort of wandered in and out of a few book clubs. Uh, I joined them mainly because I love listening to other people's perspective about a character or a specific aspect of the story. Do do they see things the way I do? I am uh, not much into reading a specific genre, like only classics or murder mysteries, and may not just be about novels, but something beyond that. It could be a person's journey in real life. Like the so- stories often featured on Humans of Mumbai and uh, Humans of New York. Both these pages on Facebook and Instagram uh, catalogs the real life stories of everyday people who are an inspiration to other everyday people. I end up sharing some of these stories with some of my friends group and we end up having a mini discussion on it. So like our podcast, I like stories and also stories between the lines. And also, when the pandemic first started, I was having a bit of a reading slump initially because I was trying to read or watch news about COVID to keep myself informed about what's going on. Then the COVID news got a bit too much for my mental space, and I started to turn towards reading for a distraction or escape. So I gravitated towards reading books about or articles about um, travel. I tend to, these travel stories, I tend to visualize those places in my imagination. So it was just perfect because last year, all the travel plans were on pause. um, And I really enjoyed those kind of uh, podcasts and books about them. And I also like Dan Brown books just for the exact same reason, especially the Robert Langdon series. These books just take you on a visual journey. I recall an interview, I think this was an interview with a live audience, a woman in the Audience told Dan Brown that she was terrified of flying. She thanked him for allowing her to travel to places through his books. I mean, these are places that would that she would never personally visit because of a fear for flying. Her remarks made me think about uh, how Dan Brown books have influenced my view on certain places I visited either before or after reading the series.
1: Wow, That's one of his books. So, do you like audio books? Um, I. I have not still through that world and I guess with the podcasting I am going to you know start reading audiobooks of course so I do have many friends who do keep on telling me, you know, when we are walking and when you're working, we are listening to, uh, you know, fantastic audiobook. And I'm like, okay, I will get there. So I guess now is the time when I will
0: start listening to them. I think you will enjoy it as well. I discovered the world of audiobooks recently and learned that there are different types of audiobooks. Some are read by the authors themselves. Some uh, have a narrator and others have a full cast uh, recording. I listened to the audiobook on The Suitable Boy. If you have ever seen that book, it is a huge book of over 700 pages, pretty daunting but uh, listening to the audiobook reminded me of uh, old school radio drama when I was a child on Sunday afternoons my mom would tune into a radio station broadcasted from Sri Lanka my mother tongue is Tamil and the radio station had a story time in Tamil it would be a two hour long program and the storyteller that is the narrator would create a mental image so vivid of the story you feel like you are watching a movie and will sometimes include some sound effects. I used to love all these story times. Uh, the two hours on a Sunday afternoon would just go by so quickly. These audiobooks remind me of those good old Sunday afternoon story time. In the audiobook version of The Suitable Boy, uh, it's probably the best uh, audiobook I have listened to up until now. Uh, very, very dramatized, like a performance of a play. Uh, I love the voices of each character. It just kept me engaged. Some people might like to have the book read to them versus a dramatized uh, play format. Uh, But I really enjoyed uh, this version of the book. Another book I really enjoyed is Elena Ferrante's My Brilliant Friend. With many characters, the to keep, uh, keep up in the story and the audio version helped me with the pronunciation of the names of the characters and the places. Another very engaging book and that helps you visualize the story. Yeah,
2: visualization
1: is very important
0: you said you were into mystery novels, right? I am curious to know what type of uh, mystery novels, like a murder mystery or detective novels like uh, Agatha Christie types. And who's your favorite author? Yeah,
1: so in mystery and all, I always uh, lean towards uh, lean towards Joan Nesbo, Karen Slaughter, Patricia Conwell. So Patricia Conwell, uh, I don't think she writes now, but earlier, whichever books she's written, I have read then mostly all her books around 20 or so I have read and she writes about forensic and you know the human body after the murder like who done it and all so Agatha Christie was one of them while growing up then robbing I like those kind of uh, stories like uh, when I'm in a bookshop or a library I will go through all the books but still my eyes will always go towards the crime and thrilling stories and then uh, and also another author Jodi Paul you have heard of her Mm, no. My Sister's Keeper and many other books. She uh, leans again towards social drama, emotional, tear jerkers, But still, when you read them, you the stories connect with you and yeah. resonate with you. So that's what I like. Then there is another book, another author, Jodi Called. You have heard of her? Mm, no. My Sister's Keeper and many other books. She uh, leans again towards social drama, emotional, Tear jerkers, but still when you read them you the stories connect with you and yeah. resonate with you so that's what I like then there is another book you know New Gene. Uh, it's about a young uh, girl uh, from Syria uh, she escaped war on Syria in a wheelchair and seeked, uh, took asylum in Germany. So these kind of stories really, you know, resonate with me about what people go through to get a better life better life, and they are willing to uh, face all kind of grim situations to get that. So, you know, it shows yeah.
0: Most of these stories stem from some some element of reality, you know, that that gets spun into stories. Uh, like you, I need to have a connection with a book. That's why I often uh, gravitate towards Indian-American authors. I find a connection, you know, through their immigrant immigrant stories. Uh, one of the first immigrant stories I read was The main Namesake, a novel by Jumpal Lahiri. I think back in 2000 when the book was published. Published uh, was her debut novel. The novel emotionally essays the nuances of uh, immigrants being caught between two different cultures and social differences. Um, The passing of my mother at that time was still fresh in my heart, and the book totally captured my raw emotions. Losing a parent being so far away from home is a very gut-wrenching experience. I think this past year, more than ever before, many, many people have experienced this uh, emotional rollercoaster. The namesake uh, kind of chronicles uh, three generations of the Ganguly family. The couple Ashok and Ashima who immigrate to the US leaving their uh, close-knit family in Calcutta. They have two children here in the US, a son and a daughter, and uh, face uh, the challenges of raising the two kids you know, in two different cultures. Uh, it has all the elements of an immigrant life in a foreign land, especially set in the pre-internet and social media era. it, uh, res- it I'm sure it resonates with many people who have left one home for another and tried to find um, our own identity living between the two cultures and raising kids. Wow,
1: wow. Yeah, I remember the namesake long, long time. I read it, of course, and I also watched the movie. So I mean, you know, one thing I've noticed right now, our Indian market, as in a story market, publishing market, there are many writers upcoming in the last 20 or so years. There are many upcoming Indian authors and they write for children. Of course, since I am review books for children, so there are quite a few good authors. And, you know, I feel our children should try to get their hands on these books and read them because they write about India. They write about the different rules rural life in India, the mm-hmm. customs and the folklore, they should try to get their hands on these books. Like there's Deepa Agarwal, Paro, mm-hmm. Poylo, and there's some uh, Lubaina Bandukwala. There's 20 20- also authors that I have reviewed their books and I really feel it's time that our children took hold of these books and read them also they offer such lovely unique uh, writing for
0: children exactly. so, yeah I think the younger generation will also enjoy books by authors like uh, Chitra Banerjee. Divakarani and uh, Kavita Kane that uh, retell the epics like the Mahabharata and Ramayana from a different perspective. In the Palace of Illusion, Divakarani retells the Mahabharata from Draupadi's perspective. You can say it is a feminist interpretation of the epic. Same set of events but a change of focus. Then there is Kavita Kane, Sita's sister. It was refreshing to hear the voice of Urmila, uh, who is Lakshmana's wife, Sita, and also Sita's sister, who rarely received any importance in any other versions of this epic story. Not sure how much of the story fits into Valmiki's version of Ramayana, but I think she's a very important character as she too upheld her end of the righteousness as much as uh, Rama, Sita, and Lakshmana.
1: Yeah, so true. So true. I feel sometimes, you know, with the number of books, there are so many books to be read in my to be read. It just keeps on
0: increasing and
1: increasing,
0: hopefully. I know, right? There are so many wonderful authors. The numbers keep increasing. There are many child authors too, as young as seven and eight-year-old and already writing books that have brilliant concepts and the illustrations are so colorful. It's a wonderful thing to share with this world. A friend's son actually self-published a series of books on kindness and inclusiveness that, that was simply impressive. I also like books that are centered around strong women in different countries like Khalid Husseini books, especially A Thousand Splendid Suns," that exposes the struggles of Afghan women and also their bravery. This book was kind of very hard to read. It kind of rips through your heart and I ended up feeling the effect of it for days. I've always had a soft corner for Afghan people. Ever since as a child, I read Rabindranath Tagore's short story named Kabuliwala. You remember that? Even uh, watched a play of the story. Even after all these years, I still remember the story. A very simple but very touching story. I think the story is about an Afghan merchant who travels to Kolkata in India to sell uh, dry fruits. In Kolkata, he ends up befriending a little girl who reminds him of his own daughter that he, who he left behind in Afghanistan. It describes their unique bond and friendship. The story was so sweet and really uh, drew you towards Afghan people. I think even today, the Afghans settled in Calcutta are called Kabuliwalas, I think. I'm not sure.
1: So true, so true. The Kite Runner, again, was one emotional book which of Khalid. I think that was the first one of his that I read and I... Yeah. Yeah, that's the first one. Love, I was in love with his writing. He
0: was I mean, close. that gave us a perspective about what's going on in Afghanistan. Uh, the news media could tell you one side of the story, but this is—he talks about real people. I mean, it might be fictional characters in his book, but I think it's close to reality about what's going, what was going on there at that time.
1: Yeah. So there was one more book, *The Bookseller of Kabul*, written by a Norwegian author-journalist. I. Uh, kind of forgotten her name but she's written four or five books about different places because she used to be a war journalist and she's covered quite a few places so the bookseller of Kabul if you get a chance of reading it's not prose it's not literature but it's about the life about a family and a bookseller in Kabul and uh, how he tries to save the books from being destroyed uh, it's, it, it's really different. I love the book and I remember presenting it to a child for standing uh, first in class uh, because I worked at a school. And when she received it, she was like, not sure, you know, what has misgiven me. And when she yeah. met me after a few months at a bookstore, In Mumbai and uh, she came and hugged me and I was like taken by surprise. I said thank you ma'am for you know giving me this book. This is one of the best books I have received as a prize in all these years. So That's
0: why they say you should never judge a book by its cover.
1: True, true. It is what it is.
0: That's awesome. So Poyni, what's your take on books that are made into movies? Are you in favor or against them?
1: Okay, okay. Here goes. I
0: like to read the
1: books first and then the movies in the the memories of her, uh, if I'm pronouncing properly, of a geisha. So that book I had read and then I watched the movie. But for some reason, I connected to the movie because it gave me a visual delight of, you know, a different world, different people and all the different ceremonies. And it was a different movie. Honestly, I like to watch the
0: movies. of. That is wonderful. We think alike. Although some people on a few book clubs I've been on completely detest the fact that the books are made into movies, I think certain books are worth making into a movie, don't you think? The two can coexist in their own creative space. I am sometimes curious to see how a movie director does casting of the characters in a book and the screenplays. It takes a lot of creativity and imagination to do that, to visualize places and costumes, lighting, makeup, and the appropriate... uh, uh, background music. I think some of the best movies have originated from books like um, Harry Potter is probably one of the best uh, movies turned, it, uh, turned into uh, from a book. Despite being eight um, films wrong, J.K. Rowling's story had to be cut quite a bit. I think there were about four directors who visualized the books into movies. A phenomenal effort. I think the same goes for Hunger Games and The Life of Pi. Both visually stunning movies and I'm sure there are many more. I think there are a few really good Hindi movies too that are based on uh, books, right? Like Three Idiots. I think for me the best uh, Hindi movie made from a book is uh, Masoom. I think based on Eric Siegel's book man woman and child the book and the movie had a brilliant emotional impact on the audience another one is devdas how many different versions of movies uh, do we have on um sarachandra devdas yeah there are quite a few i think three to four we
1: do have true
0: oh my we've been speaking about various genres of book for about 30 minutes now i just didn't realize the time flying by So I just wanted to say one last thing about our podcast before wrapping up with a book review we plan to do in our first official um, episode of the podcast. A Stories Between the Lines podcast will also feature travel tales. We will be talking to people who who are well-traveled or have interesting tales and tips to share as we emerge from the pandemic and begin traveling again, you will enjoy these travel treasures. We will also have table talk with some people from the food world. So lots of fun stories to share. I mean, really, what could be better than talking about travel, food, and books, right?
1: I'm waiting excitedly for this journey to start. There's so
0: much up our sleeve. So with that, let's wrap up by giving a little synopsis of the books we plan to review in our very first episode. Poyni and I have chosen two books by the same author named Shilpi Somia Gowda. She's an internationally best-selling Canadian author of The Secret Daughter, The Golden Sun, and The Shape of Family. I think she now lives in California. The Secret Daughter was her very first novel and her latest book is The Shape of Family. think Both these books are page turners and we plan to review both these books in our first episode. For now, scheduled to be recorded sometime in the middle of July, fingers crossed. So here's a quick preview about The Secret Daughter without giving too much away or setting up spoiler alerts. So the story is centered around The Secret Daughter named Asha. She's the biological daughter of Kavita and Jasu merchant who live in a rural village. Kavita is forced to give up girl babies born to her. In many places in India, a girl child is considered a burden on families and female infanticide is unfortunately prevalent even today. Kavita tried to save the second child born to her by secretly giving her up for adoption at an agency in Mumbai. Soma and Krishnan are an interracial couple living in America. summer cannot conceive a baby has multiple miscarriages and learns she will never have a biological child so they end up adopting Asha as Asha grows up, she speculates about her birth, parents, and she is really curious to find out about her, where she came from. I think the book creatively tackles many controversial issues. Uh, Shilpi brilliantly essays uh, poverty, motherhood, family traditions, relationships family uh, connections, female infanticides, adoption, and uh, a lot of social issues. She's fair in building up the personality of each character and highlights their positive and negative characteristics brilliantly. I think it'll be a great book to read and discuss. For the book Shape of Family, Poini, can you give us a little synopsis on the book?
2: The Shape of Family, the Shilping Somaya Gowda's third book after The Secret Daughter and the Good Son. It is an emotional, descriptive novel. Do keep a purchase or tissue next to you. For I know while reading, tears will surely simmer in your eyes. It did for me. The Shape of Family follows the story of four individuals of the Olanda family. Keith and his Indian wife, Jaya. And their two beautiful children, daughter Karina and younger son Crane, living in suburban California. A peaceful routine of family life, but then one afternoon the unthinkable happened death of a loved one. Each one trying to cope with it, fighting their inner turmoil, the family drifts apart. The story is of their life struggles and healing coming together after another tragedy strikes. The story connects and maybe sometime in life, we too may have gone through a similar situation and tried our ways to cope with them.
0: Thank you, poini Well, I hope you got to know a little bit about us, what we plan to bring to you through this podcast, Stories Between the Lines. We are very excited to discuss the two books by Shilpi Saumya Gowda in our first official episode in July. Until then, stay well and enjoy your summer.